Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me, as always, is Ellie Mistal from The Nation. How are you? Woo! Impeachment! Oh, yes, yes. That is uh, definitely a thing that's going on. It's Um, happening! Yeah. Uh, So this week, and then next week, the Republicans will be like, yeah, it's all fine, and then nothing will happen. Right, Um, yes. So this thing that is happening that he's excited about is... There are a few political junkies who are watching hours and hours of C-SPAN, and, you know, the rest of us are going on about our lives. Here, here's what I am excited about, and, and I know usually this is the point where I'm, or I'm uh, bitching about something or I'm angry about something. I, I, I'm not angry today. Um, I'm inspired. And the reason why I, I feel good is simple. I have been a Democrat all my life, all right? Like, that's... That that is that is I am I am a Met fan and I am a Democrat and most of the time those two feelings are exactly the same. This feeling of general incompetence and and a lack of forethought in the face of the evil empire, whether that be the Republicans or the Yankees, right? Right. Um, this moment for whatever it's worth, and I kind of agree, I'm, I'm not naive, I kind of understand that it might not be worth very much, but this moment, this trial, has been one of the Democrats' best moment in terms of simple preparedness and readiness for the challenge ahead. Adam Schiff has done, I think, the entire country proud, and certainly the entire party proud. He is so prepared. All of the House impeachment managers are so prepared. Um, I said on Twitter today, um, we need to give a shout out to the staffs of these people, the, the, mm-hmm. of all the House impeachment managers, the staff of the House Judiciary and House Intelligence Committee. Committee. Obviously, while Nancy Pelosi was holding the articles of impeachment, these people were working round the clock through the holidays um, so that the presentations that the Democrats are making are interlaced with video clips, slides, direct evidence to the extent that they have it um, to back up everything um, that they're saying. It is it is a chore de force in terms of rhetoric and argument. Will it matter? Probably not. Will the, Re- the Republicans care? Probably not. Can you can you get the 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 number four removal, which right now is at fifty one percent? Can you get that to sixty percent? Probably not. So I, I understand that there's a there is a hopelessness to all of this. But as a Met fan, you know, all you ask for sometimes is is the fighting of the good fight. Try your hardest. And I and I'm particularly impressed that Democrats have come with so much fire and so much preparedness in the face of overwhelming odds. Um in support of perhaps a losing or lost cause. Um they have done well. They have done us proud. And, and, and you know, whatever happens, I feel like the Democratic uh, House impeachment managers and their, and their employees and their staff can walk around this country with their heads, with their heads held high. Um, they did all they could do. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and obviously they're definitely better lawyers than the folks on the other side, uh, and that was true before we even started started this. Uh, it's been a complete. It's been a complete. So far, they have completely outlawed the Republicans. Right? Adam right. Schiff has put himself in the annals of great prosecutors even though he's not technically prosecuting a case, right? Like, um, he, he's been, he's done an amazing just legal job of how you construct an argument, present evidence, um, use rhetoric to influence a jury. Um, he's been, he's been amazing. Yeah. Um, that said, nothing really comes out of this then does it? Um, and this brings me back to what I've said. And I wrote some articles about in the past that, Ultimately, a lot of what's going on here is a rehash of what we already learned in the hearings. And wow, it would have been nice if we just kind of kept having hearings uh, where there wasn't the this kind of official looking sham that can easily be uh, weaponized into see there was a trial and, and he got acquitted as opposed, you know, which is how this is going to end up. Joe, can I ask you a question now? Um, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to this, but do you think dissents matter? Uh, generally, generally not much. Uh, they really only matter to the extent that you envision there's going to be a future change and you're kind of leaving your footnote on it, but not a huge amount. I, 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 I Based on, on, on what you're saying, I'm not surprised now by that answer. I think they do. I, 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 I think that there is value in a particularly good dissent, a particularly stinging dissent, um, a dissent that kind of accurately and artfully rejects the argument of the majority and does look towards a future where people might not be so addled as they are in your own times. I think dissents matter. I think that there there is a there is value in objecting on the record. And I think that, that if nothing else, that's what the Democrats have done. They yeah, have, I just but, don't know. I don't know as though they weren't doing that already. Uh, and that's that's really the the break here is I don't know as though days and days of hearings about this wasn't already making a clear case. No, I hear you on that. Yeah. And, but anyway, yeah. So I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of my team today. And I don't often get to say that. Yeah. And, and by that proud of your team, I assume you mean the Mets here because you've <laughs> so already a, you don't have a manager at this point. We have a manager? Uh, yeah, yeah, soon, soon, I'm sure. Mets, just, just, just as an aside, listeners, the Mets got caught cheating in a World Series. They didn't play in. Yes. That's that, how that, this team rolls. You know, when you phrase it that way, that's pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, that's just, that's, that, that is the Mets for you. This, uh, sorry, if, you don't, if you're not following along, there's a whole huge Major League Baseball scandal where looks like the Astros, the Houston Astros, were using um, electronic equipment to help them steal signs uh, about what pitches were coming. There are even allegations that some Astros players were wearing buzzers inside their uniform um, to help them steal the signs. And one of the clear, one of the players involved, in fact, the only player who was named in Major League Baseball's report on this scandal was Carlos Beltran, um, who played for the Houston Astros when they won the World Series in 2017, he had been named as the Mets manager for 2020. Yeah. And had to be fired because he was part of this cheating scandal. It's just, Mets been in a run. There's still no sign. And like all the other people, all the other managers who have been caught up in this, 
they won World Series, right? Like the Houston Astros, yep. yeah, they're bad now, but they won the World Series in 26, 2017. Uh, Alex Cora, who was the bench coach for the Houston Astros in 2017, went on to manage the Red Sox in 2018. He perhaps cheated for the Red Sox in 2018, but guess what? The Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. The Mets yeah. lost 100 games. In the, I mean, yeah. It's just, man. The, um you know, yeah. no, not not to not to transition, but let's ha- let's have a quick legal discussion on this. So, obviously, there's a reports coming out and bans happening. I don't expect any of the people who are getting tagged with this will go the extra mile of trying to sue over their livelihoods being taken away from them by baseball based on this report, because I think most of them know it's probably true, but. Do you think anybody along this who caught up in this thing is going to try to mount a legal challenge to the accusations? Well, you know what baseball is doing that I think as from a legal perspective is smart and from a sporting perspective is 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 horrible. Um, They're not tagging the players. Right. Yeah. One of the reasons why Beltran was mentioned is because at the time that the report was released, he's no longer a player. He's out of the game. He's he's a manager, right? Baseball has kind of broader authority to punish its managers um, than they do to punish their players because the players are represented by a union, a, a historically very strong union. And baseball knows that if they start tagging players with this, then the Major League Baseball Players Association will have arguments and will have complaints about the process and will have, um, in some cases, I think, justified um, ways to defend um, or at least represent their players' uh, best interests. So MLB is not punishing any of the players involved in the scandal, even though MLB admits that it was a player-driven scheme for the most part. Legally, you understand why. As a sports fan, these people yeah. were cheating. <laughs> these people were straight up cheating. And especially if they can show any use of electronic devices inside. I mean, that that that's worse than gambling to me on baseball. That 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 is banned for life material from where I sit. Yeah. And MLB isn't doing anything uh, uh, to punish those players. Um, as a sports fan, I think that is horribly wrong. As a lawyer, I get it. I, I, I get why we're, why we're here. Or the squads where they could they could face some franchise agreement fights, but uh, this this does feel very black. You mentioned gambling. This feels very Black Sox level of perhaps these teams should be. I mean, it will never change what quote unquote happened, but you know you can take that symbolic act of taking away somebody's win, uh, and the certainly it doesn't look like they've done that. Yeah, or you make a good point about the franchises themselves. I mean, like yeah. the, the owner of the Houston Astros, you could force him to sell his team. He's oh, claiming yeah. that he didn't know at all. Like I think it's highly unlikely that this guy didn't know something was was up. Um, this the owner of the Astros, his name is Skitsy right now, but he he by reputation is a very hands on owner. Like not all owners are like in the clubhouse and whatever on the field. The Astros guy was on the field. It's 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 it strains credulity uh, to believe that he had knew nothing about this cheating, this massive cheating scandal. So you're right. MLB could be trying to force him to sell his team, a la you know Donald Sterling. Uh, you remember uh, uh, for people who are particularly old, 
will remember when Marge shot uh, for the Reds and George Steinbrenner for the Yankees were forced to divest themselves for a year, you know, uh, uh, because of a collusion scandal. Uh, so there are even stiffer penalties that MLB could be using against the owners that they're not using as well. Yeah, it just it's just a mess like the and it seemed like something that just expanded upon itself that it was a person's idea and more people got involved and then more teams got involved as these people proliferated to other squads. It's just like it people laying down in the slop and it just gets everywhere. You know, it would be the biggest story in sports if more people cared about baseball. Yeah, true. Right. But instead, we got the, you know, the KU fight. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So putting aside uh, your stepping all over that. Uh, yeah, it can it could get messy because today's episode is brought to you by your adorable pot bellied pigs who are oh. very mad at you and rolling around in the, the mud in anger, all because you are still at the office slogging through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, keep your pet, and work smarter with Logical, e-discovery software that gets you started in minutes. Stop with your ham-fisted discovery approach. Ugh. Create your free account today at logiccol.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash ATL. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking like, Oink doesn't even rhyme with anything, so you can't go there. See, Damn. this is this is what makes it all worth it, is the way in which you're left with this expectation. Like, I can feel the tenseness as you wonder, what is he going to do for the second <laughs> half of this? <laughs> See, that's why people that's why people listen to ads, you know, because I, I I mean, I do this. I understand that there are people who if they hear kind of the robotic ad we read every time they they might go through it. But here, you know, there's there's a game to be played and you have to <laughs> stick it out to find out. It is oh, a live happen. read in more ways than one, my friend. Yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. uh, let's, yeah, let's return. On. Let's return to impeachment for a second. Sure. Um, uh, uh, not not just to to do what I was doing and praise the Democrats, um, but to actually look at some of the legal maneuverings um, around this. Now, uh, for those who don't know, and I don't know where where you've been living if you don't know, but but for those who don't know, uh, the Senate impeachment trial has absolutely nothing to do with a real trial. Um, the rules are set by the majority, in this case, the Republicans, um, about what can happen, what can be called, who can be called, so on and so forth. Um, Mitch McConnell put out a set of rules that were highly restrictive. They don't allow for witnesses. They don't allow for votes to be taken on whether or not they will have witnesses until the end of the proceedings as opposed to the beginning. Um, a lot, lot, lots of different ways to kind of uh, hide the ball on what's actually taken place here. Um, not at all like a real trial. Um, in response, uh, uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer offered a number of amendments, 11 in total. Um, they were all voted down, 53-47 on, on straight party line uh, votes. Um, most of the amendments were to request to demand specific batches of documents or specific witnesses, they were all voted down. But the last amendment, Joe, is what I want to talk about um, okay. from, a, from a lawyer perspective. The 11th amendment was, you know, and it happened, it came out at one o'clock in the morning, so a lot of people missed it. Um, but it was specific to who should be in charge of determining whether or not there are witnesses. And Schumer's amendment um, said that you should basically let John Roberts presiding officer, um, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, and presiding officer over the uh, Senate. Uh, 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 Sorry, Chief I... Justice of the United States. There you go. 
um, and presiding officer of uh, over the impeachment trial. You should let him decide on the relevancy of witnesses, right? So, like, you should the amendment would have allowed either party to say, uh, Chief Justice, we would like to call X. And John Roberts could make a determination about whether X was relevant, and if so, X could be called, right? Now, the Senate could have still, because and constitutionally, they would have to still have the power to vote to overrule Roberts, right? So, Chief Justice, I would like to call, you know, uh, uh, I would like to call Scooby-Doo. Roberts, okay, Scooby-Doo is relevant. Senate, Rot-row. actually, we're going to... Row, we're going to vote. No, Scooby-Doo is not relevant. The Senate would still retain the power to overrule Roberts, but it would allow this uh, allegedly neutral uh, arbiter to decide on relevancy. Um, the Republicans, as they did with all the other amendments, voted that down 53-47. Joe, I think that this was the best amendment, that that this this was the most obvious, the most fair um, to both sides, decent amendment offered. What do you think? Are you at all surprised that even on this one, um, the Republicans were able to maintain their 53-vote lockstep majority? It's certainly fair to have a neutral arbiter decide what the rules are. Uh, theoretically neutral, anyway. I guess we're not even getting into any of the questions of his bias, but you know. Theoretically, the presiding officer is neutral and could decide that. That makes total sense. Am I surprised that they were able to hold that together? No, because none of the what's going on has anything to do with what is actually fair or based on evidence. It's a you know, it's it's just we're just we're just waiting out the clock on a show, uh, and it's a show that uh, is happening largely at one in the morning, which is not when people uh, are watching. So I am. Right. And, that, and that's the thing. I think there is definitely a perspective gap between a lot of the media, including you that I follow on social media and and, and elsewhere, uh, and their breathless excitement about how important everything is and everyone else who is unable to see it because of the way that it's been the show, because of the way it's being controlled by Republican votes, is purposely being being created in a way that minimizes its impact. And I think that's a real problem, but that's where we are. But Joe, don't you think it would be, assuming as we both basically are, that Republicans are going to vote to acquit regardless, uh, yeah. assuming as we both basically are, that nothing can be done to shake them um, from the thrall of Donald Trump. Don't you think it's better for Republicans if there's least the appearance of fairness as they are doing this? Uh, sure. And they have that to the extent that they say we had a trial and we had the chief justice. Uh, I don't think that the particulars uh, – the problem is they don't need to get into the particulars. They will be able to spin this as though this was a real proceeding by just saying you all saw it on TV. You saw the guy sitting up there who wasn't one of us. And unfortunately, that's how it will play. Does it – impact the election or not who knows but when there was an opportunity to vote to give that guy who's just sitting up there any measure of actual power they said no yeah and 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 you're now like and how's that message come out like that you're now dealing with such nuances that they that that's just not going to 
to change things. Uh, and this is why I've never liked the idea of going to this point because it is so easily manipulable by the forces who are looking to downplay the significance of it. Uh, it basically hands – it's handing keys of the car to exactly the wrong people, which is why I was – always troubled by it. I actually thought that the, and one of the things that I've said a few times, if you've listened to this show before where we've talked about the subject or in some of the above the law stuff I've written, I feel as though the Republicans, back to your, the Mets for and the Democrats and not ever having a clue about how to maneuver, I've always felt like the Republicans had the, the right end of it with their stupid Benghazi and Fast and Furious inquiries into Obama where they understood they they ranted and raved about how they were impeachable, but never did it because they knew that at the point that it got outside of the House's breathless and insane processes, it was going to lose its impact. Uh, but they were able to rally their base by just continuing never-ending inquiries, and I thought that that was a smart move on their part. Uh, diabolical, perhaps not ideal for the country, but I thought that was – that was their version of stealing signs. Let's put it that way. One of the things that I've, I've noticed uh, in my breathless watching of this is that, you know, I, I try to be, you know, I try to be fair. I do my due diligence. I, I, I don't just watch the impeachment uh, hearings on MSNBC and CNN. I, I occasionally flip over uh, to Fox to see, see how they're covering it, you know, for as long as my like gastral integrity can take it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that in prime time, Fox is not even showing the hearings. Um, uh, if you if you were if you are a Hannity watcher um, and you tune on Hannity at nine o'clock while the hearings are still going on, you will see a picture of the hearings, but you will hear no audio when the Democrats are talking. When the Democrats are talking, Hannity is doing his regular show. So while Adam Schiff or Sylvia Garcia or all these you know impressive people were up there talking. Hannity's talking to Geraldo Rivera and Devin Nunes and Ari Fleischman and his usual, you know, cadre of bad faith actors. When the Republicans rise to speak, Hannity shuts up, plays Seculo or, or, or Cipollone or, or Philbin. And then when the Democrats stand up to revolt, cuts off the audio, goes right back to his, his normal talking points. So the thought, if any Democrat had a thought that this trial was going to sway the opinions of Fox News voters, I have news for you, they're not even being allowed to hear it. What is happening, however, is that, and, and this I think is the strategy, is that the Democrats are using their time, I believe, to inspire people who are paying attention, people who do know, to get pissed off about it, to take that extra step of not just being like, oh, this is all... It was all bad what the Republicans are doing. And to actually like call their senators, call their government officials, and demand justice. Um, what do you think about that strategy? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, it's just, there's just so much wishful thinking involved in this whole, this whole endeavor. Yeah, I mean, Fox's position is, I mean, they're mirroring what the actual – Republican jurors are doing, which is not watching it when it's not what they want to see. Uh, we've learned that lots of seats are empty, even though they're not allowed to leave. And I I defy you the next time you get jury duty to just get up in the middle and leave saying, eh, I decided to stretch my legs uh, in the middle of the trial. That won't go over well. Uh, I'm, I'm writing about this right now, actually. Yeah, no. And um, yeah, so... 
the the whole idea of, of messaging, I, I think you're right. I think that the house managers are doing the best that they can, and they're doing what they hope will will move the needle in some way. I just just not sure that I, I feel I'm I'm one of these people. How about I put it this way? Like I feel as though the fallout of uh, Levis Levs Levis Levs. How do, I don't I I'm now <laughs> blanking on how to do that, but Levs interview with. In interview with Rachel Maddow probably moved the needle potentially more than anything that's about to happen in the uh, in the Senate. Um, let's get to something actually legal. Sure. Or questionably legal, but right. he's happening in an actual court of law as opposed to this um, sure. show trial. Um, I, I thought you wrote a very interesting article this week about uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Sure. Um, for those uh, uh, not following along, Tulsi Gabbard has now sued former Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton. I think uh, you should probably, for if, if our listeners are normal people, let's pull back. Tulsi Gabbard is apparently running for president. Uh, she, <laughs> she's a congressperson. Uh, yeah, a, a relatively insignificant member of the primary field is suing the former Secretary of State. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, for defamation, because uh, Hillary Clinton lightly, sort of, kind of alleged that Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian asset um, running in the uh, Democratic primary. Again, if you, if you, to without trying to catch a defamation shoot of my own, um, Tulsi Gabbard, a lot of her supporters um, online, at least, they're, they're, there's a lot of bot activity around Tulsi Gabbard's support. Um, she's got a very weird, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it exactly, relationship is not the right word, but um, allowance for Syrian uh, leader Assad um, um, seems to be somewhat sympathetic to his uh, agenda, um, which is sympathetic to the Russian agenda, which is not at all sympathetic to the agenda of people who like don't like to be gassed. So, so Tulsa Gabbard's got some some interesting uh, views. Um, let's put it like that. Hillary Clinton uh, suggested in a in a podcast, I believe, um, mm -hmm. that those views were kind of bought and paid for by the Russians. Um, right. And Tulsa Gabbard is suing her for fifty million dollars. Joe, that's when that's where your piece comes in. Yeah, so she's suing her for 50 plus like another 50 of additional damage. So ultimately 100, but like the the, the actual violation she says is worth 50 million. Uh it yeah. Um I think we should parse a couple of things. I have a very dim view of the success of this lawsuit. I think that this is probably not a anything that rises to the level of defamation, especially of a public figure uh, where there are heightened bars that people have to reach. And I certainly don't think she was uh, a person polling at like 1% was harmed $50 million worth. All those things said. What I wrote in my piece was that I think there is a value to the symbolic action of somebody standing up for the idea that we really need to pump the brakes on all this calling everybody we don't like Russian assets. I think it's possible that somebody may be inadvertently playing into the hands of the Russians or have sympathies that the Russians agree with. And these sorts of claims, sure. But when you start calling people assets, I think in the I think in the common parlance that we all understand of diplomacy and spy spy games. We've we've seen Bond movies. When you talk about somebody as an asset, you're saying that they're an agent who are working for somebody. I think it becomes dangerously Alger Hiss level shit to start saying somebody that thinks something I disagree with is obviously an agent of the Russians. 
that's got a dark history in this country, and I think it's good that there's at least attention being paid to maybe we should pump the brakes on crossing that last little threshold of saying that somebody who maybe bots are supporting is really working for Russia. I want to press back on you um, in two ways. One, kind of very uh, almost strictly legal uh, strategery. Yeah. I would not consider you, Joe Patrice, to be, generally speaking, a fan um, of the performative defamation lawsuit, right? Yes. I I think that's fair, too. Yeah. So that even though you might uh, have these views that that we should, as you put it, pump the brakes on some of the aspersions that we cast on – uh, on people that we don't like. Certainly, I would not think of you uh, as a person who um, supports bringing it to the level of an actual defamation lawsuit um, just to prove that point. I think that's true. Yeah, I, I, I would much rather this had stayed out of the level of defamation lawsuits and had been and continued to have been fought in press releases and just general publicity garnering activities around how it is bad that we have reached the point of following a Dick Nixon, Joe McCarthy worldview of everybody who disagrees with us, even if they are helping out other countries or aligned with the ideas of other countries, is therefore treasonous. I think that it would be good if that were brought to the attention of people and stopped. I think I see this lawsuit as an attempt to do it is not one that I particularly like because I don't like people jerking around the law, the judicial system. But it is, you know, I think there's there's at least the colorable claim that false statements were made about her for the purpose of for the purpose of causing her damage. Do I think that that is an actionable claim considering she's a public figure and all that? Probably not. But that's where I sit. All right, my my second pushback, and I, look, we we we. Look, I, I hate defamation lawsuits. Like so, I, I, um, um, I, 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 even if I agreed with your overall point about pumping the brakes, like taking it to the level of defamation lawsuit is an is an, an anathema to me. Like I, I think I, that's I, fair. I, yeah, that, that is just wrong. Yes. Um, but but the second pushback um, is more colloquial and less legal. Hit dog will holler. Right. Like if you look at Hillary Clinton's statement in the podcast or whatever, um, she did not say Tulsi Gabbard um, is a Russian asset. She said that there are Russian assets, you know, participating in the Democratic primary. We all think that Hillary was talking about Tulsi. Yeah, that's what we all think. But there was it was not incumbent upon Tulsi to take Hillary Clinton's statements as a personal attack. She did that herself. That seems very uh, that that requires a level of naivete that I would hope that we all don't have. Uh, she pretty specifically was talking about the qualities of her campaign, and she pretty specifically said when she was referring to Jill Stein as an asset, which also probably is problematic, uh, she said that she was also one, as in that the mystery woman who happens to be exactly Tulsi Gabbard uh, was, the, was one too. That's... That's not cool. Uh, and it's something that should be reined in because I I fear that this is going to only get worse. I think that without people paying attention to it, and you're right, I would rather it not be in the form of a lawsuit, but without people paying attention to it, I, I think that we're going to start hearing lots of people accused of being Russian, who the Russians want and Russian assets and working with them over the next few months because it's going to become the go-to insult. And that seems 
bad to me. Um, I would also say, as far as the hit dog thing, I, that is always kind of a that that's generally a fair point. I think there's a bit of an asymmetric power dynamic here, though, when the powerful person hits a relative political nobody. Sorry, that said for a sitting congressperson, that feels sad. But you know, we're talking about Hillary versus Tulsi, so yeah. Um, when, when somebody does that, I think that the dog that gets hit has a reason to yell out. Uh, they can't just let it slide because they're on the wrong end of that power dynamic. Okay, but I'm so glad you brought this up because this goes to my, my this goes to a larger point that I have um, about this dynamic um, and the reason why I use that particular colloquialism. I think you put it exactly right. When a powerful person um, hits out, um, you understand the yelping. Is Hillary Clinton a powerful person still? Because one of the things that I just... Folks, just just want people to understand. You do not have to respond every time Hillary Clinton says something. Okay, she's not she's not the president. She's not the secretary of state. She's not the first lady. You don't actually have to take everything that falls out of this lady's mouth as a gospel personal attack on your entire being. I am, you know exactly what I'm talking about now, Joe. Like I am referring in part to the media, just just consternation when Hillary Clinton revealed uh, that she did not like Bernie Sanders. Now, political operational standpoint, I don't think it's particularly helpful for the previous Democratic nominee to say that she doesn't like the potential future Democratic nominee. I don't think that's particularly politically helpful or useful or strategic or anything. But I also don't think that it's a story. It's a, it, it, it's not, you, you don't, it, I, I saw on Twitter, Hillary Clinton is not Pavlov. You do not have to start salivating every time she rings a bell. You could just let some of it like slide. I mean, you said you can't let it slide. I say, no, Hillary Clinton, you can start to let slide now. You can start to let some of her statements slide beyond the pale of breaking news coverage. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, but but it is what it is. Uh, yes, that should <laughs> that that shouldn't be the case. However, the folks in the mainstream media make it that that case. It, it is true. It is a truism, whether or not it should be, uh, and that's all that really matters for how somebody in the moment reacts to it. But I hear your point that probably it's time to not pay as much attention to somebody who lost a layup election. But, you know, I'm not saying that to like diminish the, the qualities or the uh, impact or the relevance that Hillary Clinton has had in our society. I think that, you know, I agree with all the people who, who say that, you know, she, she did not shatter the glass ceilings, but she put in enough cracks that hopefully um, the next person can shatter it. I think she's been a, a generally done some important service um, to the country. So I'm not trying to diminish her comments. And I'm certainly not saying like, Hillary Clinton should just shut up now. Like I'm never one of those guys that, that thinks that Hillary Clinton doesn't have the right to speak out on what she speaks out upon. I'm just saying that we don't have to take every bone mot out of Hillary Clinton's mouth as important breaking news that must be responded to or defeated or whatever. Right. No, that's fair. Um, in real time, she's a former she's a she's a former politician. She's a former politician. If Dick Gephardt showed up today and was just like that, Ellie Mastal, he's crazy. Like I don't I. Don't, but I wouldn't be following a defamation suit. Uh. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that that that's a fair point. Uh, if Dick Kephart showed up, I I think we would all be very surprised. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it yeah, sure. My my bigger concern is even though this isn't the best way to do it, I feel like a lot of people's response to the lawsuit was to say, "Well, this is ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with this. She is an asset. Whatever." Uh, I feel as though. It, it's an important inflection point for us all to wonder if maybe we should not be so quick to use that sort of language. That's all. I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was an interesting point. It was, a, yeah. I thought it was, a, it was an interesting and I think, you know, important point to make. It's important to, to maintain in the general consciousness, the point you made. I still think that this lawsuit is horribly misplaced. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that that, I don't think we disagree necessarily on that. Uh, I think that there's a Maybe I wouldn't necessarily say horribly misplaced, but I will say there are a lot of hurdles in it that would have given me pause if I were filing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That, that's the more <laughs> kind way of saying what I want to say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we should wrap up. We've been going for a while now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are you know, a show that you should be subscribed to. If you if this was just your first time listening, you should subscribe at all your various podcasting subscription places and leave us reviews, stars, but also say something about it. Showing that you are engaged with the show helps get some uh, more traction with the various algorithms that those groups use uh, and allows more people to hear us. Uh, you should be reading Above the Law as well as The Nation. You should be following us on Twitter. I'm at... Joseph Patrice. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. You should be listening to the other shows that we have uh, some involvement with. The, the Jabot, which is about diversity in the legal industry that Catherine Rubino hosts. And you should also listen to the other shows of the Legal Talk Network family, of which there are too many to list here. And with all of that said, I think that we're done and we will be back next week with uh, some more to talk about. Adam Schiff is talking. Gotta go. All right. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. 